Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Sam Unruh. He's the founder of Unruh Furniture, and he's been working with his hands ever since he can remember. And today he continues to channel those rural roots, and he's building one-of-a-kind weathered pieces of furniture through his company, Unruh Furniture. Welcome to the show today, Sam. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Okay, so let's talk about how you were inspired. Obviously, you have been uh, playing with wood for a very long time yeah. since you were a young boy, but why open a furniture store? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, it wasn't my thought going into it that mm-hmm. was that it was going to turn into a real business. It was more uh, I was working a job I didn't really like. I was doing property management and um, building stuff in my garage for my wife and for friends and family mm-hmm. just for fun. I had no idea that this is what I would do for a living. And I did it more and more and started to sell pieces on Craigslist just to kind of cover my cost and get my materials back or maybe buy a new tool. And I did that for a few months and that kind of grew and I got some confidence. And then eventually my wife talked me into just taking the plunge. I quit my other job mm-hmm. and uh, made about three pieces a week, which covered our mortgage. And it just kind of went from there. Okay. Now, so so you didn't think you were going to be uh, an entrepreneur, a business owner. You thought this was something that you would just continue to do on the side, like a lot of people do in, in this particular mm-hmm. industry or cabinet making or whatever. They do it on the weekends mm-hmm. for yeah. special orders and so forth. It seems to me, I remember from your story, though, that you actually used a piece of furniture to make one of your biggest sales ever. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, maybe. with my wife. <laughs> yeah, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah, that was probably more when I first got into making furniture because you know, growing up, I'd always just make stuff I enjoyed working with wood mm-hmm. and just making stuff. It wasn't necessarily about furniture. Uh, but when I was dating my wife and about to get engaged, I made her a chair from an old, um, from, I think it was an old cedar tree that I cut down and just, you know, painstakingly spent hour upon hour, you know, finagling this tree and all of its branches into something that resembled a chair. And then I had like a heart back to it and it was real artsy and, you know, could never make any money doing that because, you know, I would have made a dollar an hour. Right. But it was fun to do. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, and it was, you know, I was young and in love and, you know, had all the time in the world. So I did that. Um, And then that kind of steamrolled into more things to impress her. Um, <laughs> which I guess worked because we're married and we're three kids now. Exactly. So that, that I thought that was a neat part of your story. Okay, so you were inspired by uh, just just working with wood and, and so forth. What kind? What style do you work in? Yeah, that's a good question. We, you know, we do custom furniture, so in a sense, we work with all different types of styles because a lot of it is what the customer asks for. Mm-hmm. But predominantly, it has more of a farmhouse feel to it. More uh, rustic. Some people say rustic or weathered or antiqued, um, but it's uh, a lot of it is whimsical. It's not very modern, um, although we'll do some modern pieces mm-hmm. for customers as one-offs, but most of it is the kind of stuff that you would see like in a country living magazine. All right. So take so you do have some that's already built that people could come or made that people yeah, we have could a, come We have a great showroom. We have a great showroom uh-huh. with 
I don't know, 30 pieces or so in all of our stain and finish samples. And uh, it's a place for people to come and see what it can look like. Sure. They, they technically could buy stuff there, but nobody ever does because mm. we specialize in giving you exactly what you want. Right. So they'll see a table in our shop. Um, and, and if they like that design, then we'll say, okay, well, how big is your room? You know, what are the colors on your wall? What, what works for you? What size, what finish? Mm -hmm. Um, and then we customize it for them and then we make it after they book the order. Okay. So your process with them is just really to find out what kind of furniture suits their tastes and personalities. And and you go from there. Each piece is one of a kind. Mm -hmm. Do you go out and find the materials? How do you source your wood, for example? Or does the customer bring it to you? Does it work both ways? I'm asking lots of questions. Yeah, 95% of the time it's our our lumber. And it's all from different lumber mills in Kansas City. Um, Mm -hmm. But every once in a while a customer will, like, you know, have an old barn in their family and they want to bring in their barn wood and make a table out of it and we'll do that for them but if if we are sourcing the lumber then it's all new lumber that we hand distress and handy antique we think new lumber works a little bit better it holds finish more mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't it's not as susceptible to stains and scratches mm-hmm. it just is a little bit nicer to work with Sure. Um, When you talked about um, that you you do the finish and so forth, there are certain kinds of finishes that you use so that the wood doesn't yellow. Uh, Talk Mm -hmm. to us about the finishes. Yeah, we've done a lot. I mean, yeah, we've evolved quite a bit in terms of, well, in in everything, but in particular in terms of finish. We used to brush on all of our finish. um, And maybe a year ago, we switched to spraying on a water-based lacquer. And then every, I don't know, three or four months, we've improved our lacquer, gotten a nicer lacquer. Um, so, yeah, the finish that we're using right now is a really hard water base lacquer. So it doesn't yellow over time like a uh, like some oil-based polyurethanes will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just is very strong. It holds up great to moisture. You can spill a glass of wine on it, and it's not going to penetrate. You oh, that's right nice. Up. You don't have to do coasters when you're drinking glasses on it. You can just leave your water there. Uh, and does really well there. And then we have a variety of layered finishes, colored finishes that we do. Oh. So a lot of times we'll do like a table, we'll, we'll make the base of it like an antique cream or something, mm-hmm. and which is a layered finish. We'll apply a base coat of white and then we'll sand the white back down again. Then we'll apply a stain on top of the white to saturate it. Then we'll wipe it off. Then we'll apply three coats of finish and it gives it this depth. Mm-hmm. And then we'll probably do the top like in a, a dark stain maybe and, and have a, a contrast. And we have Sounds beautiful. Dozens of those type of options that we can Mm -hmm. do. And it it sounds, too, from what I've read, that it just cleans up really Mm -hmm. nicely, that Mm -hmm. you can use just soap and water to clean it and it doesn't hurt anything. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, it's easy going. Just wipe it down. Most people don't even do soap. They just wipe it down with a wet rag. But you can do, I mean, you can do products. You can do pledge and stuff on it. Mm -hmm. It does really well. pledge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My dad used to make furniture whenever Uh uh, and cabinets and stuff when I was growing up, and he hated any of those kinds of commercial. Yeah, no, I just do soap and water for me. Yeah. Okay. When you talk about the wood then, is it pine? Is it primarily pine that we you do work a ver- in? Yeah, we do a variety of different types of wood. We do a lot of Douglas fir. Uh, hmm. Fir has a lot of knots and grain variation and character, which a lot of folks like. Um, we also do a lot of hardwoods. We do a lot of alder, which doesn't have nearly as many knots in it, but it still has a lot of color depth. Uh-huh. Uh, we do walnut and maple and cherry. And we also do pine. We don't do pine for tables. It's too soft. Is it? It would, it would, it would dent, dent yeah, pretty easily. With the things getting banged um, on we'll it. We'll do like pine for a dresser or a sideboard or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, okay. we give a lot of options. What's been one of your most f- memorable pieces of furniture? I was going to say favorite, but I'll say memorable uh, instead. Yeah, that's a good question. Probably the early ones. 
um, when it was just me in my garage. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I still remember a lot of the customers and a lot of their names because, uh, you know, f- back then, if I got a furniture sale, it was a really big deal to me. Oh, sure. You know, and I would spend a, a tremendous amount of time on it. You know, now we, we have such a nice system in place that we can build furniture fairly quickly. But when it was just me in my garage, it was a long, painstaking mm-hmm. process. And, right. You know, it was a lot of pressure and I was mm-hmm. nervous and, you know, I would, I would make it and then I would finish it. And I would deliver it. So I was, the, you know, I was a one-man shop. Oh, yeah. Um, Chief Cook and Bottle So, yeah, those, yeah, I remember making a sideboard for, for a guy named Justin out in Lee Summit and delivering that out to him. And that was really fun to do. It was, an, it was something I'd never done before. It was the type of furniture piece that was my first one. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a sale. So I was nervous and excited. And he really liked it, which was fun. So I'm a customer, and you and I want a piece of furniture made. Uh, I'm sure it depends on what it is I'm asking for, but on average, how long does it take for you to go from the concept yeah, to we're, delivery? We're typically six to eight weeks from the time okay. you book your order, and we book almost everybody will book with us in our showroom. You can you can buy online or do it over the phone or over email, but most everybody prefers to drive out and see it in person, see the finishes, touch it. Um, so once you, once you book, we book with like a $200 deposit per piece and then the rest doesn't do until completion. And it's typically six to eight weeks. Yeah. And that's, and then we deliver all over Kansas city. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that's not that much longer than you go to some of these other furniture places and you're getting handmade there Mm -hmm. from you. Six to eight weeks isn't that long. So yeah, there's, there's very few, uh, people in, in the U S and in Kansas city that are hand making furniture to order. It's, it's much more of a one-man shop kind of operation. So especially in Kansas City, we would be the biggest uh, company that, that does what we do, which is specialize in handcrafting solid wood furniture for people in Kansas City. And mm-hmm. that's a fun experience. Do you think you'll ever change from that model? Uh, maybe introduce another line that's not handmade? I mean, keep the handmade, but then introduce another line perhaps? Uh, maybe. It's, it's hard to imagine. I love the model that uh-huh. we have right now. All of the guys that work for me, I have 13 employees, and we all really like making furniture. We like making custom furniture. We like the problem solving that goes into it. We like the customer interaction and the relationship. So we, we really like what we're doing. If, if we did pieces that we had made, that we made and had an inventory and then mm-hmm. just sold them, there'd be a lot less relationship there, a exactly. lot less back and forth and a lot less, probably a lot less creativity. It becomes too. more transactional. Yeah, yeah, more transactional. So, so what we're doing is really giving folks an experience of, you know, buying furniture in a different way, getting to be a part of it. When folks come out to place an order with us, they're a part of their furniture process because that all of their input is going into their order um, and they get to see us, you know, in our showroom, we have a big window that overlooks our shop. We're in one location. And so you can see you, you, in our showroom, you can see all of the, the different pieces uh, and the finishes and the styles. And then you can look out this window and you can see all of the guys working, building pieces of furniture that oh. are unfinished. And we can give you a tour of the shop and you can walk around, meet the guys, see our shop dog, Pete. I mean, it's a, it's a whole experience. And you don't have to make, you don't have to make an appointment to do that. You can just walk in. You know, you can walk in if you want to. We try to do appointments because we want to be able to give you our, you know, our time. Mm -hmm. Um, So we hate for you to walk in when somebody else is there. We're really relational. We try to do one-on-one appointments. Then you can do an appointment really easily at unroofurniture.com and just click visit and just schedule your own appointment there. Or you can call. Okay. So, and unroofurniture.com, that's U-N-R-U-H. Yep, furniture. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll be talking with Sam about how he made the leap and uh, some advice he might have for those of you who are thinking about quitting your day job and pursuing that entrepreneurial dream. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
Thinking Bigger Business Media is accepting nominations for the 15th annual 25 Under 25 Awards. These prestigious awards recognize 25 outstanding businesses with under 25 employees. We're looking for dynamic Kansas City area for-profit companies with under 25 employees that have been in business at least three years and have shown steady growth, a commitment to the community, and an ability to overcome challenges. If your company or a company you do business with qualifies for the 25 Under 25 Awards, fill out a nomination form online at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com or call 913-432-6690 for details. Self-nominations are encouraged. Apply now. Nominations close October 9th for 25 Under 25. Don't wait. Nominate. Visit 25under25.com to nominate your business. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Robin with Small Changes, Big Shifts. I'd like to invite you to join me on Wednesdays at noon on my show so we can give you some tips and some ideas that will inspire you to reconnect to the good that you already are. You know, it takes all aspects of life to really live a whole life. It's not just about one thing. I'll be sharing my network of friends around the country with you that specialize in health and wellness from all different aspects, whether it's mental health, physical health, or emotional health. So join us Wednesdays at noon on Small Changes, Big Shifts. You never know what little thing will help shift your life. Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. This is talent worth knowing about. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Sam Unruh. He's the founder of Unruh Furniture. They make handmade custom furniture right here in Kansas City. And Sam, you know, we talked all about your process and about the materials you use and, and what that experience is like for your customers. Let's go back to your entrepreneurial roots. Um, did you have any kind of strong entrepreneurial influence as a kid? You had said you didn't really think that this was, this was a hobby and you didn't really think it was going to turn into a business, but it did. Did you have some early entrepreneurial influences that might have... Yeah, absolutely. My dad uh, has owned his own business for as long as I can remember. He was a home builder for a long time, and then he moved over into real estate investing and have a really good relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just growing up, I would ask him a million questions about what he did and how he did it. And uh, probably more than anything that that gave me confidence. Did you you work with him in his business? Uh, I did for, yeah, different times, you know, for Mm -hmm. for short periods I did, uh, especially in summers and stuff like that. Um, and we grew up I and mean, we were out in the country, we had a farm out in the country. So I was always working with or for next to my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just got to see him do that. I, I got to see the stresses and the, and the benefits and the freedoms mm-hmm. and, you know, and all of that, that went along with owning your own business and still wasn't as a kid, it still wasn't something I thought, Oh, I'm going to own my own business when I grow up. But I think being around that gave me some confidence, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, when the opportunity came that it, it was a little bit easier maybe for me to take the leap. Sure. And let's, let's talk about that taking the leap. In the first half of the show, you said that this was a hobby, that you were doing it out of your garage and that really at the um, urging of your wife, uh, you took it full time. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about some, besides, you know, your wife encouraging you, uh, 
talk to us about some of the other considerations that you made before you finally decided to make that leap into full time because, you know, cutting off that regular paycheck, yeah. that can be really <laughs> tough. Yeah. So, so what, no, I'm a, and I might cons- be a bad guy to ask that because I'm a real, <laughs> I'm a real, uh, impromptu, spontaneous uh-huh. risk taker. Uh, so I didn't really take those things into consideration that you probably should take into consideration, mm-hmm. you know, like money and, you know, can, can I afford to quit my job? My wife was pregnant at the time oh with my. our first kid. Uh, we have three little girls now and she was, I don't know, maybe three months pregnant. So, it, and that made it all even the more riskier, right. which made me all the more surprised that she wanted me to do it. Um, but I, I think I, it wasn't a, um, it wasn't a blind leap of faith because I had been making furniture for a few months and selling it and making a little bit of money, not making mm-hmm. enough money to live on, but it was a, a little bit of a slow transition. It wasn't just like I had an idea and then quit my job. It was, I had an idea. I tried it out for a few months. I figured out you know, some pros and cons, learned how to do things better, um, booked some orders and got booked out, you know, about a month mm-hmm. with orders that I needed time to fulfill. So, you know, those things made it a little bit less risky. Um, Were you getting some referrals from your past customers by that point? Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was still pretty young, but yeah, I had a, a couple customers that, that uh, started repeating and referring around and um, and, and my customers gave me confidence too, you know, right. that they were happy with their product was fun to see. And, it, you know, we were so poor back then <laughs> we, we didn't need to make a lot of money. Right. You know, it wasn't no, I know we had a very mean. low standard of living. It, mm-hmm. it I, you know, for bad or worse, it was kind of nice to go out on my own being so young because we didn't have any expenses. Sure. We, we just lived in a tiny little house and, mm-hmm. you know, spent 50 bucks a week on groceries. And it was right. just, there wasn't <laughs> a lot, a lot chicken you know, wings. It, it wasn't a lot there that we had to come up with. Um, so yeah, that helped. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you, obviously you know how to make furniture. Have you turned to any resources within the community for the business side of things? I mean, there's tons of resources in mm-hmm. the Kansas City area. Yeah, there's a lot of great resources. I've been blessed with a lot of relationships. Um, I mean, not just my dad, but in probably some of my dad's friends, but just, I, I just happen to know several guys who are maybe five or 10 years older than me mm-hmm. that own their own business. And that's been a huge resource so to me. Some just having relationships, mentoring. yeah, yeah um, and just being able to get coffee with people and ask them how they're doing, and even if it's as simple as encouraging each other or getting real practical advice, I've been blessed with a lot of those relationships. And some of those I've really gone out and pursued and tried to get, and some mm-hmm. of them I've just been blessed with. But that's made a huge difference. I think a lot of it, at least, and I'm still young, haven't been doing it very long, but I think for me, a lot of it is just confidence and and. Uh, and not quitting. Right. I, I mean, even still, we have good months and bad months. Our sales go up and then they go back down again. And there's always the temptation to give in to fear and, and to walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's something about just sticking it out that it's it comes back around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, sometimes uh, you do just have to have patience through those and whether mm-hmm. those periods. And then there's then there comes a time when you do have to ask if it's time to hang it up. But there's there's normal fluctuations mm-hmm. in any business cycle. Um, how do you compete with these larger furniture outlets, uh, e- even some of the smaller ones, actually? Because you are very, very boutique and custom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have a lot of competition. I, I think a lot of people come to us maybe instead of going to Nebraska Furniture Mart or Pottery Barn or Crowley. But in another sense, we don't really have any competition because we're the only company that does this handcrafted mm-hmm. thing. So what we're trying to talk people into is buying furniture in a different way, not buying furniture from a direct competitor, which is nice. And that's been a huge advantage in this company. I think 
I kind of lucked into it. But if I had to go back and start a company again, I would definitely start a company that was unique and that was different. And that's been a huge help for us because it it makes it easier to sell it to people because we're we're not... uh, we're not competing with somebody that has the same exact idea. Right. We're not trying to just be a little bit better. We're entirely different. And we're trying to be better all the time, but we're entirely different than the alternative. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it an easy sell. And we're likable. You know, we're young, <laughs> we're young oh, no, guys. I can't tell that. We're young guys. <laughs> you know, we get along. We like each other. We like what we do. We like making furniture. Uh, we're friendly. The, the kind of people that I hire are the kind of people that you want to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would have no problem introducing any customer to anyone that works for me and them having a conversation. I, every one of us enjoys that interaction. So, you, so in that sense, it uh, maybe it's arrogant, but I don't feel like there's a lot of competition. <laughs> I feel like we're a great option yeah. for people and in Kansas City. You have 13 employees right uh-huh. now? Yeah. And how long have you been in business? Oh, gosh. Three and a half, four years. Not okay, very long. so that that's pretty decent growth for just a few years. Yeah, and period. it was just me for the first year, mm-hmm. and then it was me and uh, Rob was my first employee for maybe nine months, and then it it kind of steamrolled really quickly mm-hmm. after that. How many of those people are actually making the furniture? Uh, right now, I have four what we call builders. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one guy who does parts, so he preps the the stuff for the builders. I have a couple sanders. And then a couple finishers, and then some float guys that just kind of mm-hmm. bounce back and forth. But four, um, four main furniture makers. Okay, yeah, it, it sounds like you've got a great team there, and and even though it's all handmade, you, and you referenced it a little bit earlier too. You do have a process to mm-hmm. make it run smooth enough and fast enough that you mm-hmm. can still make money doing this because yeah yeah and to keep the quality up i mean the yeah. process you know for us is it's it's about efficiency and quality mm-hmm. and and so those are the two things that we're always trying to keep in balance we're always trying to improve on as we improve our system and improve our process our quality and our efficiency go up and so yeah it's it's better to buy furniture from us now than a year ago because we make better furniture now than well, we did a year ago. you keep on raising that bar. Tell us about a program that you have called Tables for Moms. Yeah, Tables for Moms is a lot of fun. We, we started it last December, so nine months ago or so. Uh, it, it, it's not, um, I don't know, it's not very complicated. We just give tables to single moms. There's not a lot of uh, stipulations or qualifications. We just want to give tables away. We mm-hmm. think tables are... Uh, we think tables are really significant to uh, to a family and and for dining me as, tables, yeah, kitchen dining room tables, tables. Okay. uh huh. And and for me, that that's my whole childhood was being at the dining room table with my whole family. It was you know family meal was a big deal for us growing up. We didn't eat until everyone was at the table. We waited on dad to get home and mm-hmm. and we had a meal. I mean, even if we were in sports or you know extra activities, we still my mom still found a way to have a family meal. Um, so since I've been married, I think I've, I've grown to appreciate my wife, uh, a lot more. And I, and I can now kind of picture just how difficult her life would be without me, you know, how hard it is for her to put a meal on the table and how much more hard it would be if she was doing it alone. So we think giving a table away to a single mom, um, maybe it helps that, uh, that process. Maybe it helps to put a meal on the table a little bit easier, Mm -hmm. maybe even if it's just encouragement. Sure. So we, we, uh. We just unashamedly give tables to single moms in Kansas City. It's, they're all custom, so we meet with these moms in our oh, showroom. You do. It's not yep. like you've got a certain style set, oh, no. up, set yeah, they aside, can have, and that's yeah, what they, they can have get. whatever they want. So wow. we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll invite them into our showroom. We'll talk through their space, just like with any other customer. It's the exact same process. They just don't have to pay for it, and then we'll deliver mm-hmm. it out to them and get it set up. And it's really fun. The guys like it. All the guys know when we're doing a mom's table. Um, 
So it, it's, it's something that goes through, you know, from the parts to the building, to the sanding, to the finishing. We know what tables are going out to moms mm-hmm. and to the delivery guys. Uh, so it's fun that everybody gets to be a part of it. Yeah. You know, I talk with other business owners sometimes who really want to be um, involved in the community or they want to give back in some way. And they're, they're very much supportive of that, but they have to be mindful of the fact that they are a small business mm-hmm. and that they can only continue to do something like that so long as the business is, is working. And so how do you keep that balance between the orders that you need to get out that you're making some money on and the number of tables that you'll do for these moms mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, you've got, you've got the income and, and so forth yeah. to support that kind of generosity. How do yeah. you find that well, balance? There's a co- yeah, there's a couple things that make it really beneficial um, or easy. Tables are our highest profit margin. Mm. We make the most money on tables and they take us the least amount of time okay. to make. Um, so we can make we can make tables more efficiently. If we were doing dressers for moms, that would be a little bit harder because <laughs> sure. dressers just take forever to make. Uh-huh. Uh, tables work out really well in that sense. Um, and then I, I just try to, uh, I just like giving the yeah. tables away. It's just, and it's, it's for me personally, as, as the owner, it's something I like to do. I like saying yes to moms. Um, so I just choose to make it a part mm-hmm. of, of who we are in our business. And, and, and we, we try to keep it in perspective. I think when we started, we did two or three a month. And then as we've grown, um, we, we, we have different numbers that, that we want to stick to. Right now we do two a week. And so every week when I create our orders and what we're going to do for the week, I just pulled two of our mom's orders up into our queue. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now we're we're doing just fine giving away two tables That's great. a week. And That's... so as, yeah, if we can go to three, we'll go to three. If we need to yeah. go back to one, we'll go back to one. But um, you, you found that balance. You know what you can yeah, do, and yeah. and you don't let anybody down that way. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and, and there's what, no shortage of moms in Kansas City. No, that not would, at all. They would love a table. So that's that's the easy part. Is it's mm-hmm. you know once once our queue gets kind of small, it's it's super easy to fill it back up again with mm-hmm. new applicants. Yeah, and what a wonderful way to continue the tradition that you've learned to love so much growing up, and that is having yeah. the meal around the table. Yeah. It's been wonderful talking with you today, Sam, and if anybody would like to find out more about you, would like to make an appointment with you, again, your website is... Unroofurniture.com, U-N-R-U-H, furniture.com. And there's plenty yeah. of information there to get a hold of me personally or anybody at, okay. our, at our place. And it has your showroom address in case anybody yep. does just happen to be in the area and wants to stop yep. by and say hi. Absolutely. We'd love to meet with you. Okay. Thank you again and much continued success. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.